0: Alright guys, welcome to today's show, and on the show with me today, I am joined by four of my great hunting buddies, and they are all Leschinskis, so it's actually three generations of guys that I've been out hunting with in Colorado. Actually, they're kind of the reason that I got into western big game hunting when I lived in Colorado for a couple years, and so they actually invited me out to their elk camp. It's kind of a big group of family and friends that go out to the same spot every year, And they got me on my first elk. It was amazing, some memories I will never forget. But we're going to jump into this one and talk all about how they got started hunting, as well as hear some stories from the elk camp out there and other big game hunts that they've done in Colorado. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to jump right in. Like,
1: he was doing things that were just badass.
0: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got three generations of Lashinskys. These guys are all amazing. We've got Safari Dave. He's the, he's the grandpa slash dad of the group. Then we got brothers Shane and Sean, which Sean's been on quite a bit, and then Hunter. And these guys all kind of welcomed me out to Colorado with open arms, invited me out to their family and friend elk camp, and kind of taught me what big games big game hunting out west is all about. So, thanks for one, getting me into western big game hunting, and two, thanks for hopping on the show, guys.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: So why don't we start with this? Why don't you guys talk a little bit about your hunting history, um, how you guys got into hunting? And I know you guys came from Nebraska, and so you kind of had a similar, like, coming from one of the more eastern states and then discovering western big game hunting, right?
2: Right. Yep. Yeah. He, he, dad used to hunt a year back in Nebraska.
3: When I started hunting back there, uh, it was just uh, deer hunting was our big game. And, uh, now the deer don't look very big after, after looking, looking at elk. So, uh, we kind of got away from the deer hunting.
0: Yeah. So then Shane, you guys, I mean, you, Sean, Hunter, the whole family, did you guys also deer hunt back in Nebraska or were you guys really introduced when you moved out to Colorado?
2: We were introduced to big game hunting out here because we weren't old enough back there. To okay. Hunt big but then we moved out here and went elk hunting with dad a couple of times and then finally got the age where we could go hunting and just took off from there, I man. We still go back to Nebraska deer hunting every January. Nice. Get some doe tags and, and fill those. But yeah, for the most part, it's elk out here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, when I, when I first met up with you guys, it was, I think in the goose pit is where I met most of you for the first time. And then from there, we hunted, I mean, we smashed birds in that goose pit right in the middle of the city. And uh, it was like the first spot that they could land uh, that had food, but it technically wasn't annexed into the city yet. And so we spent like every weekend just limiting out by what, 8, 9 a.m.?
2: Yeah, for sure. Trying to keep the geese from landing on the highway. (laughs)
0: Yeah, finding them in the in the gas station parking lot afterwards, <laughs> crippled walking yeah. around. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, that was a good time. And then you guys invited me out to elk camp, which was awesome. Cause I've been to deer camp, you know, like I grew up in Wisconsin hunting and so it was a huge tradition, but to see what you guys do, I mean, pulling fifth wheels and toy haulers and uh, trailers, campers, side-by-sides, everything out there. And <laughs> the road that we take in is not very forgiving either.
2: No, it was terrible this year. You saw that. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't think we were going to make it in there this year, but we ended up back in there somehow.
0: How how long have you guys been hunting that spot?
2: Uh, I think it's been
0: seven or eight now.
2: Nine or ten? Has it been nine or ten? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys have it dialed in. Like, I I wasn't hunting that far from you guys this year. I mean, we could probably hear each other's gunshots at some point. Well. You guys couldn't hear any gunshots from us because we never pulled the trigger. <laughs> but, I mean, we were close enough in a different unit, but we had totally different experiences.
2: Yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy this year.
0: What What was your year like out there? I mean, I know, but for the listeners.
2: Oh, yeah, we had, oh, man, I'm sure some of them were the same elk, but throughout the week, I'm sure we saw over 1,500 elk. Some of them were down on private, but a lot of them were on public, just hard to get to. But still, ended up getting getting six of them out of there. So
3: just every hill you went over.
2: Yeah, every 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 hill you looked at at elk on We just had to figure out how to get in on them and get down in there where we could get to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is the last year that I hunt a unit away from you guys. Uh, <laughs> we got out there and everyone's all gung ho, like we're going to figure this out. And we even stopped by. I don't remember when it was. Maybe the night before opener we came and. I was telling you about all the elk that we had been seeing scouting. And then we went through a dry spell where we didn't see an elk on the hoof for like five days.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was that Friday night you guys stopped by and visited or whatever, but yeah, it sound promising for you guys. You guys were seeing a couple good bulls and you were camped right in the middle of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, we had, we had hoof prints. I mean, fresh tracks right past camp, like 50 feet from, from the van that I was in, but uh, they just didn't want to show up after that. I think too many people moved in and, uh, probably pushed them out. I know a couple hunters busted one group that my buddy Ryan was after. Um, yeah, it just changed overnight. It seemed like.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. There was, there was a lot of people up where we were this year. A lot of people, we couldn't go or usually go most of the week, but we still figured out how to get in there and get on them. But,
0: yeah, you guys every year it seems
2: like there's more and more people coming up there so
0: Yeah, I mean, it it's kind of cool like seeing all the out of state people that come back year after year and you get to know them. I mean, we've had people at Elk Camp that they camp right down from you guys every year, those boys from California. And then even the guys from Virginia, I mean, or West Virginia. We we saw those guys year after year, but um it seems like that area is being found out. For sure. I mean, you guys have had people back on some of the sketchier roads that you've never really had anybody on.
2: Yeah. Yeah, supposedly a couple years ago it was in some Colorado hunting magazine as that's the place to go elk hunting. Ever since then, every year it just gets more and more people. A lot of them are afraid to dive in there, though, so that works in our favor. They stay up on the roads, and we dive down in and get them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of road hunting. I wasn't expecting that out west. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people um, just take the side-by-side trails and four-wheelers and they'll stop in glass if they don't see anything move on. But even the unit that we were in this year, we ran into, where were they from? I think they were guys from Wisconsin, actually. And um, the one dude was just sitting up on top in his truck. And he's like, yeah, I just sit up here all day long and I look for elk. I never go after him but I get back to him. he goes for him the next day and they've had a lot of success doing that. But I'm like, so you're just a scout. That's all you do is sit up in glass and <laughs> and everybody else gets to chase after him. And he's like, yeah, it works out. I mean, we get meat out of it. And, um, it, I think the unit that we were hunting in just isn't great for elk. I mean, most of the guys that were out there had put in for years for mule deer tags and that's what most of the people were out there hunting we didn't run into a ton of other elk hunters so
1: yeah I've heard that it takes a few years to get a mule deer or a buck in there. I've heard anywhere from four to seven years in that unit
0: yeah we it was funny we ran into a bunch of non-resident guys and then a bunch of resident guys and you could tell within five minutes of talking to them even if they didn't say where they were from just with how helpful they were like, all the resident guys were like, oh, yeah, if you want elk, they're on the other side of the unit. You go way down over here. And then all the non-resident guys were like, man, we saw some just right there yesterday. And then their buddies <laughs> are like, dude, shut up. Don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, don't,
2: you don't even know where we hunt because we blindfold you every time you go in there.
0: I know. They whack me over the head. Like, we're just sitting there hanging out <laughs> talking about the game plan. The next thing I know, I wake up in the, in the trailer right next to a side-by-side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we uh you guys you guys were awesome. I mean, inviting me out there and showing me showing me the ropes. Uh <laughs> Sean, uh I'll never forget. It's funny cuz you you would always be like, "Dude, we're going to kill one tomorrow." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Like we haven't pulled the trigger or had a close encounter yet. And then we go out there and do it. And then I think it was the second year I came out um Tubby's buddy from nebraska came out and you're like hey man i'm gonna i'm gonna get you on a bull tomorrow if you carry my crackers for me and he got all like offended and was like what are you talking about i'm not carrying your crackers sure enough he didn't come out and we went out and killed a bull and it seems like you guys have the honey hole dialed in pretty good now
2: yeah we do there back this year the last day we hunt we usually hunt saturday and then pack up sunday and go home but that last morning we hunted Sean got, went down deep and got into them and we were just up in, uh, where Hunter killed his first elk and just looking around and shoot, he ended up killing a cow out of there. And we went after four bulls up there and they were just running everywhere over there that last day.
0: Yeah. That's a great spot. I mean, I think two years ago we, we pulled at least two out of that back area. Yeah. Um, they, they just seem to be on a pattern over there and yeah. Like you said, you guys just know right where to go. And it's not even necessarily a matter of getting off the road and dropping in after them. It's knowing exactly where they are once you drop in. Because you can drop in, and if you're 10 degrees off on your approach angle, you might never see them.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. That spot hunter shot is. That's great cover for them, too. It's heavy scrub oak down in there. I think you'd be down there all day, and you wouldn't know know they were down there. Oh, yeah. And they stand up, and shoot, there they are right in front of you.
0: Yeah, Hunter. So you got a you got a cow this year?
4: Yeah, I got a cow like probably within like a hundred yards of where I shot my bull. In the same little bull area.
0: That's awesome. How many how many years have you been hunting out there?
4: Well, I started out, I started going to the old the old spot probably when I was like four or five. Yeah, <laughs> he was young. And That's then cool. I just started hunting when I turned twelve. Started hunting big game when I turned twelve. And I shot that bull opening morning. Yep. How,
0: ma- How many elk have you killed now? I've just killed one bull and that cow is here. One bull and one cow. I mean, that's pretty yeah. good. I don't think I had ever seen an elk until I was like 30. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> to have two already <laughs> under your belt is pretty good. Yeah. Is is elk hunting your favorite thing?
4: Um. Yeah, it's probably my favorite big game. I'm. I definitely like waterfowl more than anything, but it's probably my favorite just the elk camp experience all
0: around is a lot better than anything else oh yeah yeah there's something about the camaraderie i mean even with waterfowl hunting you can just hang out and bs in the blind and then yeah, exactly. like hey everybody shut up sit down we all yell at bow to flag better or flag harder or flag less <laughs> and then we pop the lids and shoot them but yeah. uh, elk camp is definitely a different experience i mean it's like a it's a giant hangout for like 10 days yeah. for the guys that show up a couple days early, even longer than that. But I absolutely loved it. When I first went out there, I was like, this is living right here. (laughs) We just hang out, uh, tell stories, make fun of people specifically Bo, which is the only (laughs) Lashinsky guy that's not in this right now. But, uh, yeah, just give him a hard time and then go after elk every year. Uh, yeah, Sean, exactly. Sean made it easy on you. He took you out and killed one right away.
2: So he probably went back and told everybody how easy elk hunting is.
0: <laughs> I told him, man, elk hunting is a lot of fun. It's different than <laughs> I expected. It, I mean, it was completely different. And oh, yeah. even hearing the different strategies that you guys use in comparison to other people, like in my mind, most elk shows that you see aren't like rifle hunts where you're a long ways off or you're riding on side-by-sides. Most elk shows show it in the peak of the rut. You know, you've got a bow in hand. You're in thick, dark timber. You call them, they show up 15 yards screaming. And so, like, that's what I had in my mind about elk hunting. But then to get out there and see the big open country, to do a lot of glassing, to put miles and miles on both your feet and the side-by-side, it was just not at all what I envisioned coming from the east and and experiencing it for the first time.
2: Oh yeah. We hunted like that for years. Get on the, you walk up a mountain think you're going to run into them. And shoot. we, we hunted for 20 years and never saw any of Dang. And then, you know, just kept learning and learning. And now you get across from, them, you can look down on them and find them. And then you come up with a plan, how to get to them. Yeah. workshop works out good Now.
0: Well, I, that first year I had a, I had a choice to either come hunt with you guys or hunt with a couple guys from work. And, I think we were talking in the goose pit one year about like how you guys do, how many elk you see, how many elk you kill. And then going over to Sean's place, seeing all the mounts on the wall. I'm like, man, these guys really know how to do it. The other guys, they wanted me to come out archery elk hunting with them. And I was like, okay, sweet. I'm like, how, how many elk do you guys see? How successful are you? And they're like, well, we've never actually killed an elk before. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, no, we've just never, I've never even like shot at one. And I was like, how long have you been doing this? And they're like 13 years. And I'm like, okay, it's settled. I'm going with the (laughs) Lashinskys.
2: Yeah. We used to bow hunt. We bow hunted for about 10 years there. That's a totally different hunt. Yeah. Totally different than rifle hunting. And we were in them every year. We could just never quite get it done. We, We can't get close enough with a rifle, much less with a bow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine having to be, you know, within 50, 60 yards of them, especially, yeah. like, when, I mean, I guess they're herded up most of the year, but the amount of eyes, noses, and ears that you have out there, like, you guys were talking, seeing 1,500 elk over the course of the season. What were you looking at, like, two herds of 200,
2: 300? Oh, yeah, there was herds two, 300. shots that there was a herd. The last day he dropped in, he saw, heard of about 500. Jeez. Yeah, they were they were herded up big time.
0: Yeah, to try to get close enough with that many. I mean, they've got elite senses. They're like on a different level. Yeah. And even, I think, I think it was the first year, we had some bust us from like 700 yards away. I yeah. mean, we were like moving slow, but the wind just shifted. And all of a sudden, they were gone. And I'm like, there's no way. And he's like, oh, there's a way. Like, they will <laughs> yeah. they will pick you off with their nose for sure. But, like, if something's off and that that lead cow blows or, you know, does her little bark, whatever, they're gone. And sure enough, they did. But luckily, we still made it happen.
3: Yeah. They, yeah we can tell you from a long
1: ways away. Yep. Yeah, they'll trust their ears and their nose over anything. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose or their ears.
0: Oh yeah. They, uh, they're a totally different animal. So is that, I mean, if you guys all had to rank it, where would you land on the spectrum of like what's your favorite thing to hunt? Oh, Undoubtedly elk. elk. Okay. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm big, I'm giant waterfowl hunter too, but I don't hardly start waterfowl hunting till I'm done elk hunting.
0: Yeah. Dave, what about you? I mean, growing up hunting Nebraska, do you have a soft spot in your heart for whitetail still?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Not anymore. I'm getting too old. <laughs> they got to come to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You were talking about that guy that was going out scouting and then telling his buddy to go get him? Yep. We got one of those guys, Dave, but he don't ever leave camps. <laughs> <laughs> He's keeping an eye on camp, make sure they don't run by there.
0: Yeah. Well, and you guys have had them run through camp. I mean, even turkeys, I remember my first year there. There was like fifteen turkeys that ran right through camp and everyone's like, wait, what? for real? Turkeys right now? <laughs> yeah,
2: we we got turkeys, wolverines, elk. Yeah, in the middle of the night they'll come bring a herd through badger. or badger. Yeah, not a Wolverine. Badger.
0: Well, and and pretty soon it might be wolves, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. They, they got one up there. I think we're in
1: that part of the state.
0: I heard that uh I heard that Colorado had their first um livestock. Predation from a wolf.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And how's that herd or that
0: group of wolves up there about where we're at. Dang. Around area? That's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine being out there trying to chase after elk and having wolves rolling through.
1: Nope. nope. I can't wait till they're delisted though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be a good time. <laughs> Just another tag. Yep. I'll be, yeah. That It's going to get more and more expensive. It already has. They've raised non-resident prices quite a bit.
1: I'm sure
0: yeah especially the uh, application the preference points I mean like for the big three I'm having to put in 300 bucks a year just for preference points on them now
1: it's hundred dollars a point
0: a hundred bucks a point for non-residents now
2: that's,
0: that's crazy yeah hey, really? luckily uh, luckily Sean keeps drawing and I can go get oh. the experience without having to fork over 2500 bucks. Yeah, this is the year for bighorn, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's just skipped a year. Yeah. I'll we'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> let me know. When it when does that come out? I mean, that doesn't come out for
1: uh I don't even get to apply until April. Oh yeah. And then I don't think results will show up till
0: June. So I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know what days to mark off your calendar. Does that fall around the same time as the goat and moose?
1: uh the goat they're like early september i think okay. i think you can get some late late season ones but i'll just have to see which one i want to kill is about what it comes down to then apply the and the easy part
0: yeah are you trying <laughs> just to do do i want to do it in are you trying to do desert bighorn or just... so
1: in colorado if you you can save preference points for rocky mountain bighorns and your preference points don't count for your desert bighorn so all the i've been applying for so many years that if i use them for a desert bighorn i just essentially burn all the points that i have so i'm gonna try to hunt my uh rocky mountain bighorn first and then i'll reapply again and put in for the desert bighorn when the, i don't have to pay for points anymore nice Is yeah points don't matter so i don't have to pay for them at 50 dollars
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, just moose, moose, elk, goat, like those are all things growing up in Wisconsin. I just never thought I'd have the opportunity to hunt them. And then moving out there, you guys introducing it to me. And even now I say it's expensive. It's, it's a decent amount of money, but when that's your like number one passion and you look at it, not only as like, hey, I'm spending 650 bucks on a tag, but also that's paying for a week away or 10 days away where you can get out in the mountains doing what you love. It's really not that bad.
1: Yeah, but you gotta also factor in your lost wages for taking <laughs> off a week of work and the money we spend on fuel and the money we spend on groceries. Oh, yeah. I know that if I went and bought a half a cow, I'd be money ahead at the end of the year, but I don't love
2: that. You yeah. Know, not yeah, like I do Elcon. You don't get the experience like you do elk hunt. Oh, you yeah. go out on you go out for a week and not seeing elk and still be worth it. Yeah, I'd, I'd turn around and
1: buy a cow and still be happy with my purchase, if, even if the cow costs me twice as much. Yeah, if I just get that week away with my family and my brothers and everybody else involved, that's that's what it's about to me. Just
0: being there. Well, you say a week away, it could just be like fifteen minutes away when you shoot your moose on the first day of season.
2: Yeah, I, I could see where that one was going. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: also remember I didn't go back to work after that. No, no, we didn't. We didn't
0: even let anybody know the moose was down. We just hung out for a couple of days eating backstraps.
1: <laughs> we were still living the dream. Yeah, we were eating heart and backstraps and tenderloins on the
2: mountain.
0: Yeah, that was a good time. It's a good thing you guys came out and scouted. Oh man yeah. we All found it back
2: motor guards down the road and shoot it.
0: I was, I was never expecting to see how many moose we saw, you know, in my mind, like if we saw one that weekend scouting, it would have been a good trip. And we ended up seeing like 23 or 24 in two days.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of moose up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully one of these days I'll, I'll draw. Now I'm just, I've been debating whether or not to keep putting in for preference points in Colorado or to just save that money and go up to Alaska and hunt up there. By you know the time. how many points do you have I've got four now so this year will be number five.
1: yeah put in for one more and then at least you got a little bit of odds working in your favor. yeah, but after that just yeah have you put in and don't t- pay the extra money for the point you're yeah. sitting on two points you're doing better than most.
0: yeah, it's just 2400 bucks once I do draw and I'm like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man I could I could buy a flight to Alaska and buy a moose tag up there for that price. Yeah, no
2: kidding. They got some big ones up there.
0: Yeah, that'd be a good time. So, uh, so, you can't
1: get the Grand Slam without the Shires.
0: No, that's true. <laughs> well, and now I've got an awesome connection in Maine, so I can get over there. And uh, yeah. I mean, I've got to put in for there, too. I, I don't know how these guys put in every, like, all these different states every year. I wish I had that kind of income.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: What, uh, walk me through this season, I guess, out in. Out in Colorado, how did that go? I mean, did you guys get there a couple days early and and go out and see what was moving around, or uh, how that? Yeah, go? we usually
2: get up there on a Thursday. Get up Thursday. The season starts on Saturday, but we'll take off Thursday morning. Get up there, set up camp. Got to stop at Clark's, have some lunch, of course. And then get up there, set up camp. Usually that takes us to about sundown. Then the next day we'll get up and. You know, people are still filtering in, but we'll go up, do a little scout and see what we can find, see what's around.
0: Yeah. Um, So you guys, you got up there. How many people did you have up there this year?
2: How many people did we have? I think we had about 18 people and a couple of them were just there, back meals, basically. So we probably had 15, 16 tags probably to fill, health tags. Then there's a few bear tags in there. I ended up with a doe tag this year somehow. Nice. Uh, Yeah, we, then we get out Saturday morning and start hunting. Had a guy from work, invited. he he lets us go hunt back there, the whitetail deer, the does. So I invited him to elk camp and he didn't want to hunt, but his son was. So we got him hung up nine o'clock in the morning, opening morning. And he he got that a nice five by five. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, but worked out good.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see how you guys kinda all put in effort to get new people an elk. Uh oh, absolutely I was definitely thankful for that my first year, seeing I mean, you and Dan dropping in after after I ended up shooting mine, um, coming in, helping pack out, giving or, you know, not trying to fight for the spot where we kind of knew that they were. You guys were like, Yeah, you guys go after them, no big deal. And mm-hmm. It seems like you've got a really high success rate of getting first-time elk hunters elk out there.
2: Yeah, we do pretty well, actually. I mean, every year, you know, Addie's first year, she was legal to hunt. She had an elk down opening morning at 8.30 in the morning. It was next year, he was legal to hunt. He had one down at 8.45. That's what, I mean, that's what I go up there for, man. Let the kids shoot them. Let the people that have never hunted them that, that want to get into it, let try to help them get them in on there. And There's plenty of country up there for everybody spread out oh so we yeah just try to get them out there and you know try to get all the new guys out can we have our little line you know the, the last the person that's due to shoot is the one that hasn't killed one for so long and let them do their thing but yeah we're as a family we're about getting other people interested in it and helping them out try to get their out then we worry about ours
0: yeah yeah you guys do a great job of that um i mean hunch i can't remember the second year i went out We shot that elk down in the bottom, and we had like eight people drop in (laughs) and help pack that out.
2: Yeah, we had enough people ourselves, and the word got out that you got one down, and yeah, next thing you know, four or five more guys showed up.
0: Well, the word got out that Jordan got one down, and everyone came out and (laughs) congratulated him, and then (laughs) we discovered that it wasn't Jordan's elk.
2: No, no, that was funny. I had to recape it, just pictures again.
0: Yeah, I just photoshopped my face on Jordan's body, and uh, that's still the picture that I have of me and that elk. That's awesome. (laughs) And so
1: in nine years, I've led a first-timer to their elk every year.
0: Jeez, that's impressive. Yep, yep, I haven't missed one year. Well, and to think, not only have you done that, but you've gotten elk mixed in there also. Yeah. I mean, the last time I went out there, you shot an elk, and then I think it was the next day or two days later, I got one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of bulls that you guys pull out of there. And how many you you saw some monsters this year?
1: One in particular. Yeah, I shot was after one. I got I got one days. that'll keep you awake at night.
0: Oh man, there there's plenty of those out there. I I I've been awake at night. I think the first year we heard him bugling at night. And it didn't even matter to me how big they were. I was just like, could hardly sleep when we went and set up spike camp.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Yeah. So that (laughs)
1: happened again this year. I had a friend with me that uh, he killed his first one last year and we hiked in and he knew, or I told him like, you're, we're in them like we normally aren't. I said, this is going to be special. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you're going to wake up to Elk Bugling in the morning. And he was like, no way. And at one point in the morning, we had like a stampede outside of our tent where there had to be 30 or 40 elk that all just took off running at once. And we were just hunched up in our tents, just hoping they were running the right direction and weren't going to plow through us. But we had a whole bunch of them that took off. And then once that kind of was the noise that woke everybody up in the morning. And then for the next 10, 15 minutes, they they were screaming all around us. And then finally by the time it was shooting light, we'd get out of our tents and look around. There wasn't one near us. Dang. So we had to go back on go get back on them and get back into them again. But it was awesome. Uh
0: yeah. Eddie shot two elk that day. How many how many days were you on elk this season?
1: Uh it, we kind of stepped away from that spot because there were some other people getting in there before us and the elk were just hanging out in the, in the back corner and we just left those guys to the spot. And I don't think they had much luck, but they weren't, uh, dropping in on them. Yeah. And when they got close to the end of the week, those guys took off and we went and got in on them on the last day for sure. And we ended up shooting two elk in there. Nice. But uh, I know we could have, we were seeing the same elk. They're just, so far in that without corner crossing and things like that, there's not really a good way to get to them. Yeah. So we kind of let them be and let them get comfortable. And those guys weren't pressuring them too hard. So once those guys left a little early, we snuck in behind them and ended up killing two of them on the last day, but hiking in past where anybody else was willing to go.
0: Yep. Dave, you've had a, you've had a pretty killer year. Yeah,
3: a little bit. Yep.
0: <laughs> Don't be shy now. I got to hear some of these stories because you brought one of your elk out to elk camp and, and kind of showed it. I mean, we, we stopped by that first day and it was already sitting out there and you're like, oh, yeah, that was from Wyoming. Uh, yeah,
3: that, that was a nice six by six. And yeah. uh, we were on a ranch that they kind helped us find them. And uh then the next morning we just went out there and they were still in the same valley, so uh they had uh, the uh scope and stuff to find, you know, to tell me tell me what it was and how good it was. And it was six hundred and thirty yards when I shot. Holy cow. Yeah, oh. and knocked it down, so and then I had to shoot it one more time. But uh I didn't go very far at all. And it was a sweet, it was a sweet hunt.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And then after that, you came out to elk camp, right? That was your, that would have been your second hunt, but you didn't get a tag. Yep. Didn't bother. And then from there, where'd you end up going?
3: Then we went to a private ranch north of Craig, Colorado. And, uh, it had two partials. They were fifty thousand acres each partial, and uh, we just kind of stayed on the one partial, the first one we went to, and we seen elk everywhere again. But they weren't—they wouldn't weren't get close enough to where we could get a shot at them. They always stayed a couple miles away. But every hillside had a couple three hundred elk on it. Dang. But we finally snuck up on a couple cows and, uh, I guess we snuck up on a cow one day and then two days later, we, we got the other cow. So, uh, yeah, they just happened to stop at the wrong spot. And give us a shot for a chance or give us a chance for a shot. Yeah.
0: Man, that's awesome. And then did you, did you go out on a third elk hunt? No. Uh, okay. Nope. So those were the three it was elk camp, Wyoming, yeah. and then that, and then that private.
1: Yeah. So the private was a ranch for wildlife tag where he got a bonus cow tag. Oh, sweet. So we, we were out there with an neither sex tag. And then they said, Hey, if you're coming out, go pick up this cow tag. And so he shot one in Wyoming and then two of them on that ranch for wildlife tag,
0: man, that's sweet. There,
1: yeah, it was a cool deal.
3: They didn't have much for bulls on that ranch. All the bulls we've seen, we didn't see that many of them, and they were all raghorns. Oh, okay. But but other than that, there was just elk everywhere.
0: Yeah. When it it's crazy when you get into elk. I mean, that you can smell them, you can you can hear them, you can feel the ground rumble if you're, you know, close enough when they're running or or sleeping in their path. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, there's nothing like it. I think whitetail hunting will always hold a place in my heart just because, you know, the seasons are long. You can do it. I mean, I've been, I've been whitetail hunting. I went out today. I've been going out since September 15th here. So, I mean, it's a long season with a bow and, uh, but elk hunting, there's something about that, man. The tradition that you guys have now that you invited me out on. I can't wait till I've like my son can come out and hunt with this or Absolutely. Colt. I mean, he'll be out there eventually.
2: Absolutely, man.
0: Yeah.
3: And and, and deer and deer seem to be uh, singles or two or three. You know, in a in a group where elk, if if they're around, they're in big groups. It seems like.
0: Oh yeah, it's crazy to me. Like thinking about how how much smaller a white tail is. And how there might be more of them in a state, but like you said, they're not in huge groups. Like if you see 20, 30 deer out in a field, that's a lot. Whereas that's just like a normal or small herd of elk. The fact that there's that many several hundred pound animals all running around wild and you still can't see them sometimes, (laughs) like they might be in the valley. I remember speaking of first year I came out, We went out scouting, we were overlooking the burn area and I mean, we had four guys on glass looking out there and we were there for probably 20, 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, there's an elk. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking we've been looking at this area. There's no way anything's moved on this hillside without us seeing it because it's all burned. There's no vegetation. And then we see one. And as soon as everybody like gets walked into that through the binos, it's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's 20 more and 30 more. And it was like, they can just hide. They can disappear like that in open country.
2: Oh, yeah. They start, you'll spot a bunch of y'all and all of a sudden they'll all disappear. they will all go in the trees and they're gone. Yep. Yeah, where in the hell? They gotta be there, but you can't find them.
0: Yeah. What uh, what does the rest of this year look like for you guys, hunting-wise?
2: Uh, we got some doe tags in Nebraska taking hunter and the wife and my daughter and her fiance. And then Sean's going back there too for some, some doe hunting. Nice. And after that, it'll be
0: waterfowl. Yeah. Have you guys had an early season yet? 13. Uh, for waterfowl? Yeah. Yeah. It's going on now, but oh, Okay.
2: I, have, I haven't hunted it. Hunter took his cousin out hunting a couple weeks ago, but no luck there.
0: Okay. Yeah. I know Colorado has got like, is it a double split? Trip three. A triple split. Yeah. I always forget. It was so confusing. The goose
1: is open the whole time.
0: Okay. Yeah, and goose was what we really got into out there. (laughs) That field man. I'll never forget eight man limits every weekend, every day of every weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was 13 weekends straight. We eight man pit and we had at least eight people in it. Some days we'd shove 10 in there just take turns shooting and we would uh fill all eight of them if we had to what yeah. they did they get out of the field that one
2: year 750 760
1: geese? geese i think we shot in one year jeez
0: oh, that's insane yeah and the uh conservation agents or the cpw <laughs> they would show up i think that one year we had them show up three hunts in a row yeah Well, I mean, it makes sense when people are sitting at a stoplight and they hear hear gunshots and see birds falling out (laughs) of the sky. People start getting curious and calling.
3: You know, they land in the filming station. Yeah,
0: that was him selling the
1: best waterfowl hunting I've ever had.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was killer. And to just literally, like, go grab snacks. (laughs) We'd get hungry and we'd send someone over to get, like, some burritos or something. (laughs) They'd be back in 15 minutes yeah and we'd almost be done by the time they got back we'd have to let them shoot
1: their five just so we
0: could all pick up (laughs) yep yeah we did that quite a few times um hey hunter so i got to talk to you about this contest that you're in because it's been going on for a while now but i got i got a call i think from both shane and sean about it and they're like dude hunter needs some help and I'm like, well, we all know that, but they're like, no, 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 with this contest. So uh, why don't you explain to the listeners a little bit about what you entered into?
4: Yeah. So I was, I, I want to say it was on Instagram or Facebook or something. I was just scrolling through and there was like an ad about this big game, game hero hunt. And I like, I kind of looked on it, clicked on it and signed up or whatever, just for fun. I always find those little competitions to do that. And so I did, and then I got an email a couple weeks later that I was like t- top twenty in the in my group. So then I started like looking into it, and then I realized like if you like just vote every day, and then I started moving up slowly. And then there was one day where I moved on to like top fifteen or something, and then I looked at I was like top I was in eighth place I think, and then I like the next day and I was top three, and I was kind of confused. Um, I looked and I. Saw a couple of people like Bob votes for me or whatever, but Sean and Shay didn't tell me that they called you to put, to put that on your podcast. And I was listening a couple of days ago and I like heard you talking about it. I was like, oh, that's what you guys were keeping secret of me the other day. <laughs> and I just like, I mean, scrolling through Instagram, I saw it was a five day fully outfitted bull elk hunt. In New Mexico. I was like, dude, that sounds sick. And then twenty five thousand dollars cash. Oh like, yeah, just throw that in just there on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> might
0: as well just sign up for it. Yeah. yeah he, he, about it.
2: he didn't even care about the money. He just yeah. wanted to
0: hunt. Oh, I know. I'm like, dude, you could I I'd split it with somebody. If it was me and like one other person <laughs> at the end, I'd be like, Listen, let's just split this. You take the cash, I'll take the hunt. We won't have to like one gets everything and the other gets nothing. I'd be I'd be more than happy with that. So where, where does it stand right now? What place are you
4: in? Um, last time I checked, I checked it out on the way here. I was, I think it was still in fourth. Okay. But I think after, I think it ends Thursday and I got to be
0: in first place in my group to move on. So, okay. So we got to get you, Oh, so they're not doing like top three or anything. It's just one person no, top five and then you're moving on. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm in top five right now. So the top five are competing for
4: First plays to move on to, I think, I want to say it's quarterfinals.
0: Okay. So we need people to get on and vote. And that's on the Big Game Hero website. So what I've been doing, I've been putting the link in all of the podcast descriptions as well as the bios for both my TikTok and my Instagram accounts. So any listeners, they can go on there. They'll vote for you. And then on top of the daily vote, so you get one free daily vote, right? Yeah. And then you can buy additional votes and what it's like a habitat vote or something like that it's called
4: yeah yeah it's like you it's minimum of ten dollars and you get a vote for every dollar you spend sweet and they've been there's been a couple times where they do like two for one so like if you spend a dollar you get or if you spend ten dollars you get 20 votes
0: oh sweet they only do those for a couple hours at certain times Okay. And then all of that additional money goes towards some type of conservation program or habitat improvement.
4: Yeah. I think that's where it's it's just going to the conservation offices or whatever.
0: Nice. I mean, that's a cool way to do it. Not only enter in for a contest, but also raise some money for a good cause.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping fingers crossed that everything goes well with that, that you move on when when does the entire competition end do you know when you find out um i think it's january mid january sometime oh okay so only a couple more weeks yeah dang well hopefully everyone listening to this can get on and vote for you right away and uh keep doing that every day yeah i appreciate you putting it on everything dude trying to get it out there yeah man i mean you guys you guys have helped me out in so many ways that's the least i could do um. So, if you get this hunt, what would that mean to you? I mean, obviously, it would be another hunt. Does the hunt happen this year?
4: Uh, I think it's next year. Okay,
0: next, late next year. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Nice. And so, it's a fully guided hunt for five days mm-hmm. in New Mexico. Yeah, on the
4: what is it, or Vermejo or something? I don't know how to say it but
0: it's okay. a Ted Turner ranch.
4: So I know it's, it'd be worth it for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, any free hunts great, but, uh, exactly. to be a, a fully guided Especially hunt hunting. on a private ranch, yeah. man, that's exciting. I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopefully we can get you to that first place spot, not only now, but also in the quarterfinals semis and finals. And, uh, I'm excited to hear how that goes. If you yeah. get it, we're definitely doing a podcast about it just a heads up.
4: <laughs> sounds
1: good well you can take a few hunters with him so uh you should probably plan on being there
0: yeah you just can't have it compete with your uh with your bighorn hunt
1: Mm -hmm. what
0: happens there you draw a big horn (laughs) that'd be
2: that'd be a a cool hunt for a 16 year old kid though
4: yeah exactly
2: oh yeah this
0: this young hunt of a lifetime
4: (laughs) try to get one bigger than papa dave's
0: <laughs> <laughs> is is yours the uh gold standard now dave yeah i think it is yeah you've got the elk to beat huh <laughs> that's exciting were you able to put that in the um the big bull um, nope. pot no nope. <laughs> no he, he tried though don't think he did try <laughs> i bet he did <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was also cool. We've always done little bets uh, for whitetail hunting, but it's only like 10 bucks or something like that. And they only do <clears throat> biggest buck. And I think the way they do it is like they add the amount of points to the inches inside spread. And so say you've got a 19-inch inside spread, it's an eight point, you score out at 27. And so that's how they score everything. But they don't do uh, first- biggest and smallest which is what you guys do right
2: yeah we do the first tag field it could even be a cow it don't matter this first tag build and then for a while we were just doing the biggest bull they were letting bull walk by yeah and we're we're more of the meat hunters so we're like well let's do the smallest bull also so we do it that way now smallest the first the smallest and the biggest and then when you get to the biggest you count points if they're the same then whoever's in the competition votes on it
0: Oh, nice! Figured out,
2: And this year we had, it was close. It was really close. So finally we decided we were going to measure these two and figure it out. And they were exactly the same points, except for the spread. One was four inches wider. Damn. So Addy won the biggest bowl by
0: four inches. How did everybody put in this year for the pot? Uh pretty
2: close. Yeah. There yeah, was $1,600 that's... in it.
0: Geez. Yeah. Cause you guys do a hundred bucks a piece, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, that first year I was like, man, I don't know if I can swing a hundred bucks and I'm glad you guys <laughs> talked me into it. Cause I ended up winning.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now you're paying what? six fifty just for a tag. Just for a tag. Yeah. They should add that into like CPW should add that in like a hundred dollars of that goes to the, to the bowl contest. There you go.
2: There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got a big camp. There's a lot of guys hunting, but it's a lot of area. And when you get one down, you don't have to worry about getting it out by yourself. Yeah. Or two guys getting it out. You know, you just make a phone call or shoot a text out, and next thing you know, there's people diving in there.
0: Yep. Well, Makes I mean nice. I thought it was cool that you guys not only help each other out, but also like other hunters out there. I think the first year I was out there, it was a couple of days before the end of season and Nate got a hold of you guys and he's like, Dude, I've got a bull down back in this hole. Any chance you could come help. Well, we go up to the top of the mountain every night to get cell service to message, you know, whoever's back home, wives, kids, whoever. And you guys saw that he had sent you that message. We didn't get down to him till like 11 at night, I think it was.
2: Yeah, it was late.
0: But yeah, he uh, he was definitely grateful for that. That was, I think he was, that was a second second kill that day for him. He shot a buck earlier in the day yeah got a i
2: think he did i, I think he did yeah yeah and that's i mean that's yeah. just how we, i mean somebody's out there needs help you know that wasn't the first time the first time we met nate he was out there hiking to where we pack in from the parking lot that's a 10 mile hike and then they were <laughs> from six there. and a half <laughs> <laughs> well and then we were, they were hiking and hunting from there and no water and stuff so we ended up giving them a ride around during the week and helping them out best we could and and uh, but that like Patterson, that's how Sean met Patterson, helping him get his deer across the fence. You Man, know?
0: That, that got, that's so cool! That and I
2: mean, up there,
0: yeah, those are lifelong connections that you guys are making just because you want to lend a hand to whoever needs help.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, Yep. yeah. I mean, pay it forward, you know, it'll come back around. Oh, yeah, you might need some time and somebody comes by and oh, yeah, I'll help you,
0: yeah. You know? We, we had an opportunity to do that this year. Um, me and my buddy Tony, we were driving some roads. It was a unit that I'd never been to that none of us had been to. And so we were just trying to drive around, find out where we could get access on different spots, where we could hike into. And uh, we came across this dude, and he had out-of-state plates. We stopped and talked to him, and he's like, man, we just shot a bull on top of this mountain this morning. And I came back. I think it was his brother or his brother-in-law maybe was up on top dealing with it. And we're like, man, I mean, this guy was a big dude and he was about to walk up like a straight up mountain. And I'm like, do you have Onyx? Do you have anything? He's like, no, I don't. I pull it up. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we can access that if we drive around, it might be a 45 minute drive, but we might be able to get right on top of where you shot that. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, I got to get up. I mean, I've got to head up there. I don't know for sure. And I was like, well, listen, if we end up getting close to that spot, we're going to go look around up there anyways. If we end up getting close to that spot, we'll help you out. Sure enough, we get up to the end of this two track. I mean, and it's narrow, it's like brush scraping the whole way. And we get to the end and we drop down and I see an orange vest hanging in a tree. And then I see this dude walking up towards it. And I'm like, there's no way we were 200 yards tops from it he just got done hiking it took him like an hour and a half to hike up it and we just drove around and uh ended up meeting him up there and helped him pack it out got everything up to the side by side dropped it all the way down off at camp for him and (laughs) you should have seen the look on his face he was just like oh my gosh thank you so much he had already hiked that twice that day
2: yeah absolutely yeah that onyx is clutch man that is
0: oh yeah yeah, it's definitely, definitely changed. I'm just afraid that one day someone's going to hack into like my Onyx. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you imagine that? They could hack into my bank account. I've got nothing to give up there. But if you find out <laughs> all my good hunting spots, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, I could
2: do five words there.
0: Uh-huh. So uh, what, uh, what about dream hunts for you guys? I, I ask all of the podcast guests this. If you could hunt anything anywhere with any weapon, what would it be?
2: That's a a tough one there. I'd almost have to say Alaskan moose. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, Bow or rifle? Oh, rifle. Okay. Yeah, rifle.
2: It'd be cool to get one with a bow, but I don't know if I could even draw one back now.
0: Have you, uh, I mean, have you thought about making that hunt happen?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, there's always something going on. I, don't know. I just need to set some time apart and set some money aside and do
0: it. Do you, do you know? So I've, I've had a lot of people actually say Alaskan moose. That's my number one. I want to shoot an Alaskan moose with a bow, and I want to do it in the middle of, no, like, as far away from civilization as I can get. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I want to do a fly-in. They drop me off with pack rafts and then float a river all the way back to whatever town. Would you do something similar? Would you do like a horseback hunt? Would you do side-by-sides?
1: Uh, so, Dan, first of all, i probably owe you a uh, couple hunts. You let me know when you're ready to do that, and I'll go with you.
0: <laughs> I'm ready you whenever you on are. On my biggest hunts. Listen, we've been talking about this, and it's been next year for like four years now. So, yeah. I'm ready. So- Whenever Money you're 18, ready, yeah. I'm ready.
1: Well, uh, let me know. I'll hunt a bighorn and a moose next year if I need to.
0: Ooh, deal. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that a couple of years ago, and then I think we we actually sat down. He called me up, and I met I met you at a bar at, uh, one day after work, and we sat down and like actually got some details together for it. And you're like, "This is happening next year. We are making it happen." And then the next year you drew a mountain goat tag. <laughs> and so it was like, nope, it's not happening this year. We'll do it after. Uh, yeah. I had a baby yeah. on the way too. So the I, cards
1: were pretty stacked against me.
0: Yeah. It's been a couple of years now of, uh, little things here and there that, uh, make it not happen, but I'm down. I mean, I want to go soon, like next year, the year after, I don't think I want to wait three years. So you figure out Uh-oh. which of those two works for you
1: yeah uh, you just tell me what works for you and i'll be there
0: all right i will
1: yeah, you helped me out on the biggest suns of my life so uh i'm all for it nice if there's anybody i want in the woods with me it'll be you
0: heck yeah and i know how to operate a camera so so we can video stuff too
1: nice well and we don't have to worry about you wrecking the side by side in Alaska. Oh come
0: on, man! Don't know how to operate one of them, do you? <laughs> I think we already covered this in a previous podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, that was that was rough. Especially, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad had had Sean not been like, "Hey, look out for that log right before we hear." <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I I definitely hit that. Um, okay. <laughs> So Shane, we've got yours. Hunter, where are you at? What what would be your hunt of choice if you could do anything, anywhere, any weapon?
4: Um, African safari
0: or red stag. Actually, probably a red stag. I've always wanted to hunt a red stag. Red stag, like in New Zealand, then? Yeah, that'd be a good so, one. Yeah, definitely not in America. I don't even know if they're here, but oh, you can go down to Texas truck. and shoot a red stag. Nope, wouldn't. I'd want to get out of America <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Red stag would be amazing and just the scenery would be awesome.
4: Yeah, exactly. There's a different place in here for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, would you do it with a bow or a rifle? No, definitely a rifle. I wish you would have said <laughs> spear. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good hunt. Um, that'd be a really fun hunt. Safari Dave. <sighs>
3: I don't move so good. I'd have to probably go with parrot, parrot and dove over in Australia, Argentina. Argentina,
0: I mean Argentina. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That would be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, you don't have to get out and hike for that at all. And you have a whole team no. of people that will reload your gun for you down there.
3: Yeah, all you got to do is shoot.
0: Yeah. That'd be that'd be a really good time. Have you have you <laughs> seen the video of the world record? No, this guy, he sets a world record. Most doves killed in 24 hours. And he had three side-by-side shot, or I think three over under shotguns. And he had a whole team of people that were just reloading them. And he'd pull up, boom, boom, pass it off, boom, boom, pass it off, boom, boom. And it was that many. I, I may have this number wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere in the ballpark of 11,000 doves in 24 hours. (laughs) it
2: was
0: was crazy
3: they want the parakeets shot more than they do the doves because the parakeets got the crooked beak and and dig all their uh their plants up
0: oh yeah well i mean i think that's the farthest south that they they fly in their migration so the numbers are so concentrated that they'll tear up crop fields in one day like one morning of being in there they'll just decimate it yeah they're
1: like snow geese
0: yeah all right sean where are you at what would you uh what would you hunt
1: man that's such a tough question i want to i want to see the world but uh i don't know i don't know i would uh i want to do something totally extreme test myself you know uh polar bear or muskox or something or something that completely pushes me to the limit I like the do-it-yourself thing, and I—I I mean, an Oscar Moose certainly would be. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I kind of just want to see what I'm made of at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think I could see you doing like a doll sheep, like oh, up in super extreme conditions, crazy altitude, cold weather. I mean, we got we got kind of used to suffering on that mountain goat hunt, so.
1: I I went back this year and it wasn't any better. But was luckily, both times the weather was really nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's been uh, it. Either way, they'll just push you what you think you can do, and it's no longer you against the game animal; more you against the mountain. And there's a game animal on the mountain. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a mental game at that point. It's not hunting some.
0: Well, hopefully over, over the course of our lives, you and I can leapfrog each other, uh, owing each other favors. Right. So I'll get caught up. You can owe me a couple hunts and then I'll owe you one again. And then we'll just bounce back and forth like that and chase everything. Well,
1: hopefully this year we can go straight from a mountain or bighorn sheep hunt straight into a uh, Alaska moose hunt.
0: Oh yeah. That would be, that'd be perfect. Well, I think I asked you this earlier in the year if you wanted to get out on a mountain lion hunt with me in January, but you were like, man, we've got so many hunts lined up. I was like, oh, well, there you go. He's still going to owe me.
3: Yeah. (laughs) uh,
1: So I'm I'm taking a few kids uh, next weekend in Nebraska, one first timer and then a nephew and my daughter, and we're going to hunt some does and stuff, but that'll be my fifth or sixth trip this year chasing big game and that's why i haven't got to shoot any waterfowl this year is we we go hunting for the weekend and we come home and we butcher elk for the next seven days and then (laughs) we'll do it again and between that and just having a newborn and some other things on my plate, i just been hunting big game more than i haven't got a chance to get on anything else this year yeah, with all the with all the tags that got drawn drawn in the family.
0: Yeah, I think, you
3: guys... John, I think John wants to go to Alaska and hang out with Sue. Uh,
0: Sue, Aiken. Sue Aiken. Oh man, that would be a good time. <laughs> I wonder if she's still up at that North Outpost because I <laughs> think when... what do
2: they call that? Kovic,
0: isn't it? Kavic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would. That would be a good time to go hang out up there. But I think that I think that. The last episode that I saw, she was buying property somewhere farther south and she yeah. wasn't gonna be running that anymore.
2: I know she has got a place in town somewhere. No, she got a cabin somewhere. Yeah. yeah it's it's in town.
0: Somewhere. How about how about we just buy it from her and we can all just There you go. One yeah. of us can hang out there and and run the property and then the rest of us will just come vacation up there. Yeah, you can run it. Deal. Not now, right. I don't think my wife would be so down for that, but I know be, why that would be amazing. We've been Hunter's watching.
3: Wife, Hunter's wife won't care.
0: His husband? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dude, okay, I got to address this too. The last time that I saw Hunter before this elk camp, he looked like a little kid. I mean, he was still like a big kid, but... No facial hair, nothing, and then I show up to Elk Camp this year, and he's full on beard. He's <laughs> officially more manly than Addy now, so that's that's kind of a big deal. Well, yeah, you
2: won't shave it either. What's that? He won't shave it either.
0: How long are you growing it out till you kill next? I know Sean always <laughs> does it every year. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna clean it up when I get a haircut. Are you doing everything but the mustache? No. 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 (laughs) All right. Well. If you do, I will. Oh, yeah. I've done. Oh, I do it. I do it every year for the 4th of July. You should have seen me this year. I did handlebars. I did a star on one side and stripes on the other. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And then after that, I just shave everything but the stash until it grows back. But now, uh, now, It looks a little different. You can see all four of my chins when I, when I shave it clean. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, well guys, we're, we're over an hour. We could talk forever. I mean, we spend 10 days a year talking about hunting stories just at elk camp. Uh, but I want to say thank you guys for hopping on the show. Um, I, I do a segment at the end called emptying the chamber. So this is an opportunity for you guys to share anything you want with the podcast listeners as a sign off. It could be advice, a joke, a story, whatever.
3: Well, I would say one thing is always try to help the young hunters out for the first year, second year hunters, make sure they get a positive uh, deal out of the hunt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, and you guys live that out for sure.
2: Yeah, I thought I was thinking. Going to echo that. Just man, if you got, if you know somebody that wants, even thinking about getting into hunting, just take them with you. You know, they they never know until they're out there. You know, give them a chance, and if they don't like it, whatever. You try it. If they do, right on. That's just another guy out there. You know, just especially kids. You know, try to get them into it. So we got generations of this going instead of slowly deteriorating to nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah man. Hunter, Sean, what about you guys?
1: Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm avid about taking first timers or or helping anybody else. So definitely that, and just be safe. You know, keep your finger off the trigger.
2: Yep.
4: Man, I don't know. What's up? Yeah, I'm just gonna. I mean, like trying to pass on the tradition of elk camp, keep that going, pass it on to my kids. Hopefully they keep it going with their kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be cool if, you know, 50, 60 years from now, our kids and their kids are out at the same spot that
2: Absolutely. that we're
0: hunting, talking about old stories and who's got the biggest bull of all time and keeping cool. a tally. Do you guys have, do you guys have any type of logbook? of what's been killed what year?
2: No, we don't. We just memories. We just first year, yeah. We got memories of it all.
0: I think it'd be fun to to just kind of document it. I've heard of people doing like a a jur- like a hunting journal of all their hunts, but it'd be cool to have almost a book where we can write down like on which day each season who got what, if it was their first time, if they were a returning person. Um I think that'd be cool. But yeah, I
2: mean, it'd, be easy. it'd be easy to do too We ought to oh,
0: just see yeah. tally marks On the side of the wall tent Oh that's good too
1: <laughs> Yeah you can and you can write your name under, Underneath <laughs> it if you get one That year
0: The problem is you guys got such a big wall tent this year It's going to make it look <laughs> like we've killed Absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> No we
2: would have to do it on the old wall tent Yeah, and keep the new one clean for a while
0: Yeah I no, that would we just cool. park it on
2: now we just mark it on onyx. So if you pull up our onyx, there's all kinds of spots where we killed out. But yeah. yeah,
0: we can't we can't advertise that though. <laughs> no,
2: no, nobody gets to see our onyx. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you um,
2: on saw my
1: onyx. It would look like somebody patterned their shotgun on a map. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, I think I would leave everybody going along the same uh, lines as what you guys were saying. Just keep it positive out there. When you take someone out there, especially if it's their first time, don't put so much pressure on actually killing something like just help them have a good experience and stay positive yeah. the whole time. Um, because but, I know for a lot of people, that first hunt is going to be a big factor in whether or not they continue to go.
1: Absolutely.
0: So. Absolutely. That
1: that and like when you're hunting the public land, man, just get along with the guy that's hunting next to you. Yep. Whatever you know what I mean, like we, like uh steven Rennell always says, there's two people you hunt with, your buddies, and the rest of the assholes out there. <laughs> and, but the thing is, man, we're all out there trying to achieve the same goal. Man, help each other out, and and at least like don't be the dick. You know, I, I've I've run into a lot of situations where somebody just comes out yelling at you, and at the time you're doing the best you can to create your own success and you got somebody else that just ruins your public land experience and it's unfortunate those people are around there because uh we for sure just try to make sure that anybody that we come in contact with we're you know we're helping them out or we're making sure they're having a good time and if we can help them along the way you know if they're deer hunters and we're hunting elk we're pointing them in the right direction or we're doing whatever we can to make sure that they have a good time. But more importantly, just not being a dick. Yeah. There, there's a handful of people that definitely, uh, stubborn and pissy and it's you against them when we can all kind of work together better.
0: No, I think you guys, I think you guys do a great job representing a lot of what you talked about here tonight and you represent the hunting community as a whole very well. Um, just the way you guys welcomed me in, I mean, you didn't have to take me back to your spot. You could have been like a lot of other people I've run into and point me in the wrong direction just so I stay away from the elk you're chasing after. But, um, you guys welcomed me in with open arms and so many other people. So thank you for that.
2: Kind of like the guys you took hunting and pointed them in the wrong direction this year. <laughs> oh, I did, and that was very <laughs> unintentional.
0: All right, <laughs> but I also knew that you guys would bury me if I brought that many people. <laughs> hey, guys, we I told them all about out, this. We
3: send you down. We send you down the little maker.
0: <laughs> you would. <laughs> yep, you'd be. You'd kick the tires off and then send me down. So uh, oh, man, it's, it's great. You're part of camp, man. We enjoy having you. Yeah, it's a good time every every time you're there, man. I'll be yeah, back. One, I'll be back next that year.
2: year. That one year you killed a bull and then came back to camp and killed a buck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I don't I don't know if we've talked about that at all on the podcast. Two rack champ. The two rack champ. All right, yeah. before we sign off, <laughs> I need one of you guys who is there for the original two rack champ to explain how that all came about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can't name names though. No names. Yeah. No names. Can't
1: no, we, we have a uh, regular at Elk Camp that uh, was there for his very first Elk Camp. And we promised him a bull. And he said, there's no way. And we took him out. We found him on opening day. And he got back to camp and was telling everybody his story. And he said, hey, my wife's getting her boobs done today. And so he was, from then on, for the rest of the week, he was the two-rack champ. <laughs> <laughs> and and two racks in one you, day Yep, yeah, that legend stood until the day you shot a bull and a buck in the same day
0: yeah well so technically i mean he wasn't in camp but nate he was a two rack champ my first year
1: yeah but and remember remember that he shot through the antler of his buck and uh, killed
0: it i show that picture to so many people i'm like yeah, yeah. listen there's this guy he shot a a buck mule deer during the day, Sean, you and I rolled up on them and they had just loaded it onto the four wheeler perfect hole right through the main beam. And he said, what was going on is they, they got on it at like 400 yards right as he squeezed the trigger. It like turned to scratch itself with its antler went right through the antler, right through the vitals and dropped it dead. And then he went on that night is when he called us to help him pack it out, help pack out his bull. So technically there's been three two rack champs, uh, throughout the process of, or throughout the title. I think, I think at some point I'm going to show up with a trophy and it's going to stay at camp until a new two rack champ shows up. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Either that or I need to be like the first one to be the three rack champ. I'll have my wife get hers done and then I'll try (laughs) to get a buck in the bull. There
3: you yeah, go. there you go. Is there an age limit on that one rack you're talking about?
0: On what? <laughs> on the rack you're talking about? Oh, gosh. An age limit? I, uh, hey, can I plead the fifth?
1: Hey, for the record, that doesn't count for the biggest bull. <laughs> it does. No matter what size they are. Okay. All but right. You have to show pictures and we'll vote
2: on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um well again guys thanks we're gonna wrap this one up but uh i'm looking forward to many more years hunting with you guys and i'm excited to hear or get the phone call when you win hunter
1: yeah 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 everybody please help
0: and that is gonna wrap it up for today's episode of the podcast i hope you guys enjoyed that one i could sit down and chat with these guys for hours in fact we do for like 10 straight days while we're out elk hunting And it's always a good time. I look forward to going back out and hunting with them every year. And next year, I'm going to return after two years of not actually getting to elk hunt with them. And so we had totally different outcomes on our hunts, even though we weren't hunting that far from each other this year. But lots more stories to come, hopefully, in the future. And if you want to support Hunter, if you want to help him get to that number one spot, go to biggamehero.com slash 2021 slash Hunter dash Lashinsky. And that is L E S C H I N S K Y. Or you can just go check out the link in my bios on Instagram and TikTok, as well as look in the description of this episode for the link to go and vote for him. And remember you can vote once every day for free, or you can donate to the habitat vote and you actually get one vote for every dollar spent. So please go check that out. These guys, like I said, they've paid it forward in so many different ways. They love getting new people out there hunting and I couldn't think of a better guy for this hunt to go to. I hope you guys are getting out there and hunting whatever it is that's in season, where you're at, where I'm at. It's a lot of small game, waterfowl, as well as whitetail with a bow. And I went out tonight. Um, It's been slow going out where I normally hunt. I've seen a ton of coyotes lately not so many deer. In fact, today I did see a deer, but it was at last light and it was on the neighbor's property about 300 yards away. Um, other than that, I've been struggling. It's been a tough year when I do get out. I just haven't had a lot of great encounters. So hopefully your luck is a little bit better than mine, but until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.